hey, there's a chance we'll be using our grown-up language in this episode. So if you have little kids around, you might want headphones. You might also want a stiff drink. Hey, I'm not judging. Please parent responsibly. This is Lisa. And this is Designated Parent. A podcast where we look at children's programming through the lens of adult beverages. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, we missed. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Sorry, I pot. Normally, you come to me and I stay still. It is the unwritten rule of so our many things. cheersings. So many things in our lives, really. <laughs> yes. It's true. You come to me, I make no effort. <laughs> That's really where we were at. So, welcome to uh, year three of Designated Parent. Right! So, we've stuck with this way longer. Than many other things in our life. Indeed. So, I'm proud of us. Yeah, yeah, good for us. Good we're, job. Yeah, we're, we're hanging in there. We're, <laughs> I think we, we've done like 120 some odd episodes. I don't count episodes, our episodes. I, do. um, I numbered them. Uh, and so this is kind of our anniversary mm-hmm. is uh, January 19th is when we did our first one. So it's coming yeah. up in a few days. It will have passed by the time this comes out. But right. But we've been doing it. So good for us. Good for us. So yeah. My favorite murders uh, anniversary is around this time, too. <laughs> uh, but they do have a three year head start on us. So right. This right. Is- and also production and money and research and there's a lot of things, things that we do not do no they don't so uh or they do we don't it's fine That's fine it's okay it's yeah. okay but we're here so we're drinking some french 75s oh really is that what this is yeah it's delicious yeah it's because um i right before christmas like found, two days before christmas like two days before christmas found a wine advent calendar at aldi yep and it was the only one, and I and it was marked down, and I was like, hey, is this for sale? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, I'm buying it. Get in the cart. I put it in my cart. And it had a, a mini bottle of Prosecco, or actually, like, Brut Champagne in it. Yeah. So, yeah, sure. Might as well. So it's good. I'm yeah, here so for it. Yeah, so I used it to make French 75s, which is basically like a gin and tonic, but with champagne. Okay. Or like a gin and lemonade, but with champagne. Fair enough. Is there tonic in this? Uh, this is a, a like a sour mix where it's like lemon and uh, simple syrup, but okay. you can also make it with like gin and tonic mix. But okay. you want to have it pretty concentrated, and then all the soda water part is swapped out with champagne. Where it's like, hey, you know the part of this that isn't alcohol? Let's sub that with alcohol. I mean, I'm here as a general <laughs> rule for that. So right. Yeah, it's good. Whatever it is, I'm I'm here for it. It's, it's delicious. It's bright. It's sunny. It's Citrusy. Mm-hmm. It's got champagne, which is appropriate for I celebration I tend to like, things. yeah, it's like gin and champagne, and I'm like, yes, here for all that. Yes. I tend so. to like like bright citrusy flavors. You're much more of like smoky, like bourbon. Yeah, I want my like drink to bite me back. Right, and I want it to taste like I'm eating campfire. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I'm like, I want it to taste like I'm eating the sun or like an orange field. <laughs> Like, I'm like licking sunflowers. That's right. That's what I want. Like I want, I want bright and citrusy and summery. Right. And you're like, no, I want like dark and brooding and uh, This smoke. says, again, so many things about how, right. we, how we work as a couple. Um, how's your week going? Mm. I mean, it's fine. Is it? It's a Sunday. Yeah. I don't remember last week. I'm sure it was fine. 
it was okay. Like last week was just kind of chill. Yeah. Uh, turns out like mostly just kind of fall out of the week before. But, yeah, it was like, like the second week of of school full time. So people were like, oh yeah, I remember how to do school. There yeah. wasn't as many snafus of like, what? I have a. Uh, a Zoom call I have to go to? I was like, yeah, buddy, you have a Zoom call every freaking day. And he's like, and so, I forgot it. God. Tomorrow's MLK Day, so, like, our kids don't have school, but we have work. But we still have work, yeah. So that'll be challenging, but not as bad. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. We have our boundaries, and we just kind of are like, hey, you, got, you guys can't do all the things, mm-hmm. so just, like, chill. But today I was working. Yeah. Because uh, I, I work a lot on Sundays, and you were... Not working. Yeah. And they still came to me and was like, like hey, mom, I'm going to interrupt your working, even though dad is literally three feet from me and not working. <laughs> so, like, literally, I ended up just stationing myself down in the office area so I could, so when they would walk around the corner to talk to you, I'd be like, hey, talk to me. Like, right. hey, talk to me. I'm right here. I'm also a grown up. I'm also the adult in this house. Yeah. So, because it's just, our kids are, yeah, mm-hmm. they just need you. They love you. You're the favorite. I mean, maybe. Maybe sometimes. So, that's it. Yeah. But we did have folks over. We played some board games. Like, some folks in our pod. We did. We did have some folks in our pod. Uh, We do not have a lot of people in our pod, but these are one people in our pod. And they are... It was good. We actually had some friends, and our kids were like puppies. Like, oh my my gosh, other humans. (laughs) So pumped. This is also because, like, we've we've both kind of retreated for a couple weeks after Christmas, just because we had been around families Mm -hmm. and friends. Yeah, and and we wanted to make sure we were extra careful. Mostly just families. Just families. Yeah, just family. And so, like, we kind of let anything from that sort out for a couple weeks and then we were like and eh, now we can kind of get back together yeah so, we can reconvene the pod yep and and everybody's good and healthy and that was good so we played some games oh my gosh i miss playing board games with grown-ups yes yes what did you play uh we played skull which is this game we play with the kids uh it's got like coasters it's a really quick easy game you can drink it you, you can teach it to drunk people or to, like, eight-year-olds. And it can be pretty quick. It yeah, can be, like, yeah. a 10-minute a game. Yeah. Well, there's usually something happening as well. Like, what's one of the things in a lot of games where there's, like, a lot of downtime between turns? You tend to lose people pretty fast. Yeah, downtime gets boring. It I does. Don't, I don't need more than, like, two minutes to strategize what I want to do next. Yeah. Like, we tried to play Munchkin with the kids, and that just failed. Like, we couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. It didn't work. Uh, we played Here to Slay with the kids. Did they like that? They did. They did. There were some older kids here that liked it a lot. And some younger kids that were like, eh. Yeah. You yeah. know, not really into it. But again, there was a little... We were playing at six player, which is the max. Right. So there's a lot of downtime between turns. And we were explaining it as we kept going. And there are some folks like our youngest, who's eight, he mm-hmm. couldn't quite figure out what all the cards meant. And couldn't keep everything in his head at the same time. Right. Which is, I mean, he's Which can be frustrating. He's fine. Yeah. But, like, the 12-year-olds, like, 11 and 12-year-olds could do it and and handle it and and work with it. And it was fine. So, you know, it's Mm -hmm. it's a game. Meanwhile, I, like, played Animal Crossing. Yeah, you and and the mom played Animal Crossing together. Mm -hmm. But also... Like, like, me and the dad I'm going to make you the mom. Like, I'm going to make you... Me and the mom, we, like, made the moon. I made some, like, fancy wallpaper. Oh, yeah, you guys had fun. I was like, what do you need? And she was like, I don't know. I just restarted my island without any kids. And I was like, oh, Oh, so jealous. (laughs) Like, Uh, you mean your kids aren't going to just, like, tear down your fences and sell them to the rabid capitalistic raccoons? 
I mean, when you put it that way, this game sounds fucking ridiculous. It kind of is. It kind of yeah, is. Yeah, but like me and the other dad just distracted all the kids and kept mm-hmm. them kind of together so you guys could have like some, some, some grown, time. Some grown up mom time. Playing video games. Mm-hmm. Playing Animal Crossing. So, but then we, uh, then we as a, like the grown ups played. Uh, played Wingspan. Wingspan, while the kids played One Night Ultimate Werewolf mm-hmm. and some other One Night variants that we have. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, like, everybody just kind of had fun, and we just kind of got, like, they got to leave their house for a little bit, which they don't do a lot, which is why they're friends, and, yeah. We got to have people over, which we never do. Like, I think they're some of the only people that have been in our house that aren't, like, plumbers. Yes. Since, like, March. I think so. So, it's, it's been a thing. But, you know, hey, stay safe and stay Mm -hmm. limited, but also, you know... Do what you can within those limits. And it's... Yep. It's be safe. But yeah. Anyway. But it was fun. Mm-hmm. I think it'll play Wingspan. I put with the new expansion. Ooh. With the Oceanic yes. expansion. All, all of the tits. Yes. Boobies. There's... Yeah. So it's like Australian. So like... <laughs> it's a lot of tits and boobies floating around. It's true. And I, at one point, had to uh, tuck a bush tit underneath a greater tit. And I was just like... the the. I mean, you know, whatever. All and, the all the tits. Yeah, and we're all just kind of like giggling silently because we're all fourteen yes, inside. We're like, grownups. It's fine. It's fine. But anyway, so we did watch a movie today. We did, but, but we're not going to talk the about Lorax, it. Yeah, we've talked we about that before. Have talked about before because our kids are now like have watched all of Netflix. <laughs> we have completed Netflix, and we're just cycling around for another another round. Right. So. Also, I have to say, the Lorax fucking sucks. It's, it's awful. It's not my favorite. It's kind of horrible, mm-hmm. really. Like, truth be told, it is... I have no sympathies for the Lorax at all, mm-hmm. even though he's Danger Beto. But anyway. Right. Uh, so we, we're going to back up and talk about something else we've watched. Yes, we're going to talk about something else. Uh, this will be the third week this last four weeks that we've <laughs> talked about a Pedro Pascal <laughs> film. Guys! Pedro Pascal is in every fucking thing. And he should be. He fucking should be. Because he's great. Gorgeous. I mean, right. yes. Uh, so we're going to talk about The Mandalorian. Yeah, The Mandalorian. So, like, Adam has, like, many pages of notes. Yeah. I have zero notes. This is so I'm just, this is par I'm for the just course. I'm going to, like, maybe interject very drunk uh, thoughts. Very about, drunk thoughts. About The Mandalorian, and Adam is going to... Perhaps yeah. guide the conversation. So I saw someone describe the Mandalorian as a single dad in the gig economy trying mm. to make his way with a busted ass car. And I was just like, not, not wrong. Not true. Not wrong. Uh, and so little top off here. Thank you. Yeah, a little bit of little the extra, extra champs. Extra champons. Champagna. So uh, first episode, uh, it's called The Mandalorian, which I feel like they really cropped out. Dun, dun, dun. You gotta do the... Do you? No, (laughs) but I do. I feel like Uh, that that doesn't make for a good podcast. (laughs) And, like, true to form, like, all the Star Wars films kind of open in the middle, like, middle of action in Betty Arrest. In the the middle of action, yeah. And this one is him walking into a bar. Yes, like a cantina. Like a cantina. You know, dude walks into a bar, mm-hmm. and he's there to erase, or to <laughs> erase, no, not quite. He's there to arrest slash, like, 
apprehend. Right, right. He's like a like a bail bondsman. Yeah, he's a bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. And so he's got a bounty to bring Why in. Why don't we call Bill Bondsman bounty hunters? Uh, obviously, you never watched Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> so we do? <laughs> I mean, yeah, basically. I mm. mean, it's it's just a little... Yeah, and it's an equally like unfair, jacked-up system. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, no one pretends this is the sign of a functional justice system mm-hmm. that you have to hire, like, shady-ass, like... Yeah, like fucking mercenaries. (laughs) To, like, get some sort of, like, what if you don't have money? Oh, well, then you don't get justice. (laughs) Right. Sorry, no justice for you. I mean, does that sound a little... Yeah, so it's it's very identifiable as late-stage capitalism. Indeed. Uh, You know, this is just libertarianism gone amok. Late-stage capitalism, guys. It is. It's rough. I don't recommend. Um, Three stars. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, so he's going into this um, bar, and he's there to arrest... Horatio Sands. Uh, who is unrecognizable because he's, like, covered in, like, blue paint and so many prosthetics. And also like, thin. Like, that was the other thing. He's about half the man he used to be. Yeah. I, but, like, also blue paint and prosthetics. Yeah, yeah. Like, like could have been fucking anyone yeah. underneath all of that. Well, it's until just that, he's Until he starts to talk. And then you're, you're like, like, I know that voice. <laughs> right, who do I know? Like, who, who is that? Whose voice is coming out of this monster? And then you're, like, right. Googling on your phone. You're like, oh, it's Horatio Sands. Cool. And uh, true to Horatio's uh, vibe, he's very witty and funny and, like, cracking jokes the whole time. Trying to diffuse very, the situation. Very, like, self-deprecating. I was like, I'm here for your vibe. Yeah. But um, the Mando... He walks into the bar and he, they try, like, the ruffians in the bar, like the local guys that kind of mm-hmm. own this turf, try to rough him up and he wrecks their shit. Right, right. Like, it's real, throws down. Before he gets, like, two lines out, he's fighting and just brutal. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not. Yeah, just this destroying is not fighting. everyone. This is just, like, I'm going to slam your face into the bar. I'm going to grab you and shove you through this window. I'm going to use this door to cut you in fucking half. Right. And like, that's like the opening credit crawl. And you're just like, oh, this is different. This is, <laughs> this is, this is a real different vibe. I mean, it's dirty and it's gross and it's Star Wars, but it's still. I mean, Star Wars always had the like robots fighting robots kind of vibe where like yeah. there's pew pew, but like nobody screams in agony and there's not a lot of blood. Yeah. like So like. For literal years, I thought stormtroopers were just all robots. And I was right. like, what? You mean there's there's humans in there? Like, I mean, human in a very what? flexible sense, but yes. I don't think it's that flexible. Uh, in the later stages, it was a little more flexible. But yeah. yeah um, they're definitely... In the beginning stages and in the later stages. In the middle, it's like full humans. Yeah, true. The truth. Uh, but he's... So, Mando grabs this guy... Takes takes him back to the ship. He gets a taxi ride from Brian Posen. Okay. He's a comedian. Sure. Again, this is just Fab's like, what unemployed <laughs> comedians do I know? Right. Who's, like, a, who's on my list? Who's on my list? Who can I get for like two days worth of work for like, if I buy bucks. him a sandwich? <laughs> like, like, I think part of, we'll, we'll get to some other casting that I think was a dare. <laughs> Later, but like... Is that Amy Sedaris? Amy Sedaris was 100% a dare. No, no, Bill Burr. Mm. We'll get there. Okay, okay. But anyway, so... Who's from Space Boston? Yeah, Space Boston. We'll get to him. Don't ruin my jokes yet. We'll get to Space Boston. Uh, anyway, so they he takes him back 
he ends up taking Horatio's hands back to uh, to the, the ship, to the ship, and then to the home planet. Well, so for a while, him and Horatio's hands are just like chatting, and he's like, "Bro, I don't. I can I'm put not you here for the. Chatter. I can put you in kryptonite if you can't shut the fuck up. Carbonite. Oh, carbonite. Whatever. It's okay. You know what I mean. You were close. I wasn't, but it's okay. Also, Ugh. I don't fucking care. <laughs> Like, I cannot express how much I do not care about Star Wars. That's true. It is, like, tangentially a part of my life, but I'm not one of these people who are, like, everything in the Star Wars universe is great. No. Because that is objectively not true. (gasps) And it's not. It's not. It's science. Science, bitches. (laughs) The great thing about science is it's true whether or not you believe it. Um... But <laughs> but you're stating an opinion. <laughs> no, it's objectively not true. No, you, that's your opinion that it's objectively not okay, true. Okay, I would say it's objectively not popular. It's objectively not popular? Yeah, not every part of the Star Wars universe is as yeah. popular as every other part of oh, the Star Wars universe. I mean, that's fair. And therefore, it's not as good. Oh, so popularity means goodness now. Yes. So we have a really crappy podcast. Just to like break that to you, I'm sorry. I'm not surprised by our very shitty podcast. So anyway, so they get it back to Navarro, which is his home turf. And mm-hmm. that's where we meet Carl Weathers. He's uh, he's Chubbs from Happy Gilmore. Again, second episode of the week, we have our Happy Gilmore connection. <laughs> Guys, so much Happy Gilmore. It, who knows? Who knows? It all just comes back together. Anyway, so... Um, he, he's there. He's the boss. He's the leader of the guild of bounty hunters. Right, because bounty hunters have a guild. Yeah. I mean, it's an honorable profession. Sure. I could actually kind of see that. Like, you kind of need someone to keep a check on these guys or things are going to get wild. wild. Like, I mean, obviously, these are people in, like, the fringes of space. Yeah. Where... It's the outer rim. Yeah. Where, like, everybody's, like fucking space cowboys and yeah because this is a space western this is a space western yeah kind of half space western half samurai flick yeah yeah i i would agree with that in the in the pacing the pacing the the shots and the monster of the week kind of vibe yeah like it's a little bit space westerny um Mm -hmm. yeah i could see that yep and so uh so um, Chubbs here is like, hey, I got this one really hot deal. Right. Because Mando is like, bro, I got bills to pay. I just want I just want the highest bounty. And he was like, I mean, there's one, but it's like fucking ridiculous. Like, I don't think you understand. I don't, like, I don't, I'm not going to give it. To, I wasn't going to give it to anybody because I think like it's a it's a death mission. And uh, Mando's like, fuck yes. Give Sign me, me up. Either give I'm, me the death. Either I'm going to do it or I'm going out in a blaze. Either way, baby. Oh, guys, I don't understand that whole extreme personality. Maybe because I'm not 18 anymore. But like, whoo. Yeah, I'm you're like, not no, a cowboy samurai. I, I'm like, no thanks. I was like, give, like I was like, I'm aiming for middle management. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I am like middle risk, middle if I, if reward. I could, if I could be... The guy handing out the tokens and just like sitting in the mm-hmm. bar, like give me another mimosa yes. and like here's a chit for you. Here's a hundred percent. Can I be in management? That sounds like the deal I want. That's what I want. But um, Mando has to go see the client. Mm-hmm. Who's Werder fucking Herzog? Yes. So um, I didn't recognize him. I don't know who he is. 
So perhaps I'm not cultured. <laughs> yes, these are things. Uh, he he. First off, uh, I don't know if the name Werner Herzog tipped you off, but he is highly German. I mean, I I could tell he was German. So he played. Uh, he pretty much played the bad guy German for like every amazing World War II movie you've ever seen. I haven't and seen most of the any World, World War, War II movies. See, that's why you don't or recognize World Warner War One movies. If you're like, hey, you want to see a movie where everybody like dies? I'm like, no thanks. No, but like <laughs> he always like he plays bad guys so well yeah he's the bad guy he's, he's the german the bad, bad guy, guy and he knows it does and he he's feel fine. okay about being the german bad guy does he feel like that's really racist you know like... honestly when you're when you're talking about world war ii if you're not making the germans the bad guys can you make the russians the bad guy because they're also bad well i mean honestly there's not or a lot the of US. stars there's so many bad guys there, there's a lot of nuance <laughs> and complication but if you want like if you're in the upper echelons of German... Of Nazi like, film? Nazi film. Well, I'm just like German officers and like the people that actually knew what was happening on mm-hmm. the on the ground. You don't want those people to be very sympathetic. Right. You don't want to feel sympathetic towards them. Yeah. Those people. I yeah. Mean, for a movie. Exactly. And so he played those characters very well. And do you, how do you feel like he feels about like that being his whole career? You know of, what? Like I'm the asshole always. You know what? I think the, I don't speak for all Germans, but I think there's a lot of Germans out there that look and go, no, honestly, we need to really make sure we drive home the point that like don't be like this, bro. Like these guys were not good. Like, and we can own our history mm-hmm. and and look at it full face and say, yeah, yeah, don't do that. These guys were bad. These were the patties. Mm-hmm. Like, don't, like, I, I think you can own your history in a way that. I mean, sure you can, but like, I just wonder how like he, as an uh, actor, you'd have to ask him, feels though. pigeonholed about like always being a fucking Nazi. Yeah. Oh, but anyway, so he's a Nazi in this. <laughs> he's like, I don't know, it pays the bills. <laughs> well, so he's, he's, in this one, he's like an empire holdover. Because mm-hmm. this is after uh, the Return empire of the Jedi. fell, quote yeah. unquote. But like, it, it I, I do appreciate this because this is in the nuance of this because like in the Star Wars universe, it's like, oh, Emperor's dead. Death Star blew up. Everybody's right, everything's happy. Everything's great. You're like, no, like this is still a fucking nightmare out right. here. Like, it, still, it still creates a power vacuum. You didn't you didn't develop any like stable government. You have you have no system like I, what are you going to do? What's your plan here? Yeah. And it turns out this guy's plan was like, oh, well, if there's no one above me. I guess I'm in charge. <laughs> like, seems that's legit. How, that's how power vacuums work, motherfucker. No, in the extended universe in the Star Wars world, like, that did happen. Like, there were all mm. these little pockets of Imperials that were just, like, cut off, and they're like... Well, I'm just going to be in charge of this little planet. Turns out I've got, like, 18 Star Destroyers under my command, so this solar system's mine now. Mm-hmm. Anybody that disagrees, say hello to my little friends. Like, right, right. We'll know. fight about it. Yeah. But he's like, okay, yeah, I need you to get this thing. It's like 50 years old. Like, here's the here's the little transponder that tracks it. I don't know how it tracks it. Yeah. Because, like, they have these little magic MacGuffins that show you where they beep when you get close mm-hmm. to a bounty. Maybe it's like just a, like a cell phone. Like a DNA it's like, thing. But it allows me to play Candy Crush, so I'm go- I'm going to play it. It doesn't matter where my data goes. Yep. I'm sure it's all for the greater good. So he drops onto a planet... Mm-hmm. 
uh, and gets picked up by Nick Nolte as uh, like Gremlin. Yes. Uh, yes. And also meets up with uh, Taiki Watiki as a robot. Uh, truly, my favorite part of the whole goddamn series. <laughs> Let me just—I'm going to stop you right there. When has Taiki Watiki shown up and you've been like, "Nah, that was not great." Uh, I think never. Yeah. I mean, he's—he's—he's he's, he's kind of sparing. Like, I don't have a huge breadth of. Uh, where he has shown up, but truly everywhere he's shown up, I'm like, fuck yes. Yes. Can, can <laughs> I, want, I want more of that. I, I want, want more Korg. I want more of just just his whole story. <laughs> yeah. Just whatever character he's playing. Because he, again, he always plays this character that you're showing up like in the middle. He's like on this arc transecting your story and you're just like... But wait, can we pivot? Can we can like we, real hard I pivot wanna, and follow your story? Where did you come from? Where are you going? Because right. I like this story. This story is fine, but you seem fascinating. Mm-hmm. And so the two of them kind of team up to attack a fortress, homestead kind of thing? Um, temple. More or less. Mm-hmm. Fortress, uh, homestead, temple. Where there's a bunch of, of like, trooper kind of guys. Not stormtroopers, but they're just like... Just like warriors. Warriors. It, okay, so in, in the great Western tradition mm-hmm. where there's, you know, like the old church mm-hmm. that the rebels have taken over and, you know, the bad guys are in there and the, the two gunslingers have to go in and rescue the damsel. Right, and there's always like a long corridor and all of these like raised, raised courtyards where there's going to be like sharpshooters yeah. and, uh, yeah, tumbleweeds. <laughs> yeah, like we were just short the tumbleweed. Like, yes. and instead of like revolvers and pistols and like, um, like long guns. It was pew pew. It was pew pews. And these guys just go in there and wreck the shit out of this place mm-hmm. and um, rescue the asset. I don't know if it's called rescuing. Okay, retrieve. Yes, liberate. Yes. <laughs> They're bringing democracy right. to the asset. Right. They're like, hey, now you can vote, motherfucker. <laughs> it's like, not really. <laughs> and it's like in this little, little like pod. Mm-hmm. And they slide the pod open. And that this is where you find out the droid's mission is to kill this thing. Right. And Mando's mission is to bring it back. Bring it back alive if possible. Because he yes. gets more money if it's alive. But he will still get get credit, like some credit, not as much, yeah. if it's proven to be uh, terminated. Right. And so the, the droid's going to shoot it, and you see a flash, and it, Mando takes out the droid... Is this also where you learn that uh, the Mandalorian is not cool with droids? Oh, yeah. He doesn't like droids at all. He doesn't like robots. Like, that was kind of like a low-simmering thing. Like, whenever, before the taxi driver, Prime Posen, drives up, a droid drives up, he's like, no fucking droids. He's like, I don't like droids. But, um, turns out, who's in the little pod? Baby Yoda. Baby fucking Yoda. Um, I would say, like, militantly cute baby Yoda. Like, can be weaponized. <laughs> it has been, according to my Facebook feed. And all the, like, 50-year-old women... So many Baby Yoda memes! ...who post all the Baby Yoda photos. But truly, Baby Yoda, so fucking cute. He is really cute. I have to hand it to the whole... Because this came out, like, I want to say late October, if not early November of last Uh, year. 2009? 2019. Yes, 2019. Yes. It's okay. It's been a long year. Guys, I don't know. (laughs) Um... They could have sold so much Baby Yoda shit they for Christmas. Could have. They could have moved so much stuff, but instead of 
spoiling this one fucking moment mm-hmm. and this series, they kept it all under wraps. They said nothing. Right, right. They so sabotaged their own merchandising, so which is so surprise. not Star Wars. And everybody was like, what? And losing their minds. I'm going to need to inject that straight into my veins right now. <laughs> like, I need all the baby Yodas. Um, but that's kind of the end of the first episode is just basically Mandalorian looking at this thing and going, huh. Huh. And all of like nerddom screaming at their televisions. Oh my gosh, it's baby Yoda. Oh my God, it's a Yoda. And Whatever so, Yoda species is, but like a baby. But also they're really slow in aging, so it's like 50 years old. Yeah, but it's still a baby. But it's still a baby. So then, like like I said, this becomes a single dad story. Yes. So he uh, takes baby Yoda, and he's like, oh, shit. I'm supposed to, like, turn him back in to well, evil scientist man. But he's like, I don't feel like it. Well, first episode. <laughs> the second episode, he's supposed to leave, but, like, he parked his car in a bad neighborhood. Yeah, and it got, It like, got stripped by the Jawas. Or sand people. I don't remember which one. Jawas. Okay. Uh, the Jawas strip it, the little guys in the blue brown cokes. They strip I mean, it down. How did they look different than sand people? Sand, sand people are tall people in brown cloaks, and they have like but the a like, mask, the mask thing with the tubies yeah, yeah, out of their face. Exactly. How do you know the Jawas don't have tubies out of their face because their cloaks covered their face? We don't, but that's what we know about them is that okay. they're they're they have no face. They have cloaks. They have big cloaks and red. But eyes. also, Jedi's have cloaks. Yeah, everybody wears a cloak. I mean, cokes, cokes, and ponchos <laughs> are very popular in this environment. Yeah, so it's, Bandoliers like, are great. I feel like it's not really a super identifiable like vibe. No, I mean they're just. That's why I said they're short. They have cloaks, and you can't see their face. That's a Jawa. That's it. And also brown cloak, like. But Jedi's have brown cloaks. Yeah, I know, but they're not short. I mean, generally, some of them are. And they have faces. But you can't see their faces because of the cloaks. I mean, gener- if they have their hood up, you can't yeah. see their face. Yeah, but they're tall. It's part of I their mean, job. But little baby Jedis. Maybe. I don't know. But this is a whole <laughs> fucking species of the same thing. Okay. So, like, anyway. So he has to, like, rescue. He has to, like, kill this, like, horn thing and bring back an egg. Yes. Which is really weird because it's a def- it's got fur and a horn and it lay eggs. It's like Maybe it's like a giant platypus. I think so. Giant platypus unicorn? Yeah. Platicorn. Platicorn. Rex, like <laughs> Platacorus Rex, <laughs> and so uh, he brings back the egg, and they get I don't all understand shit back. why they want to kill him, kill the thing that lays the eggs. Why don't they just want him to take the egg? I think, and really, then the thing can lay more eggs I later. Think, well, I think he only takes the egg. I don't know that he kills the unicorn thing, mm-hmm. but he they. The whole thing is bring back the egg. That's all they really want. And so when he brings back the egg, they give him back all the rest of his ship. They're like, here's all your shit we stole from you. Yeah. And like, that's a whole fucking episode. Yep, that's one episode. Like, what the what? But, oh, this is when uh, he learns that Baby Yoda can, like... Levitate things. Control the Force. Yeah. Uh, He doesn't even really believe in the Force. He's like, the Force is kind of bullshit, but this little green baby I'm with can, like float shit <laughs> like, i don't know what the hell and, that like, is but pause time it seems like bullshit to me but also like well and this is also shrug shoulder emoji yeah well and this is like you know they're the back 40 of the universe they're like mm-hmm. way away from the like the shining center. center of the universe and so you know when you think about it 
they had about as much chance of seeing a Jedi out there as like we do of having seen a U.S. senator. Like, I mean, that's true. Do they have parades? Do Jedi's have parades? Uh, the teams <laughs> like their style in the high high days. Like they would have wanted a parade or three, right? Uh, but like they're kind of like you know they're out there maybe, but like. Right, like their, their, their accomplishments may be exaggerated, possibly mm-hmm. as part of it, I think. And so I do always like that in the Star Wars universe, like things have fallen into quote myth and legend in the time of like thirty years. Yeah. Like that would be like Ronald Reagan. Yeah, like early nineties hip hop being a fucking myth. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, run DMC is like He's still, still here. around. Like, you could call him. We almost lost Dre this week. <laughs> but he's okay. He's okay. He's home now. Right. Not an aneurysm. He's right. fine. But, like... So that... don't forget about Dre. Don't he's forget fine. about Dre, guys. Uh, but, like, that's kind of crazy to me. Yep. So, but anyway, so he doesn't really know what he this thing is. Mm-hmm. But he's like, all right, I just got to get him back and turn him in because, like, that's how this shit works. Right. Uh, and so, but he's very endearing, little baby Yoda. Yeah, and so episode three, he does get back to Navarro. He turns mm-hmm. baby Yoda into the bad guy, German right? And then Nazi. like immediately has second thoughts. So yeah. baby Yoda is surviving like pandas survive. Yeah, <laughs> like not on their own accord at all. It's just, just because they're, they're like real fucking, fucking cute. cute. Yeah, like not percent. Be- not because they can live on their own because they only eat one fucking type of bamboo. Even there's thousands of type of bamboo, and they're like, and they don't eat it when it's flowering, which is three months of the year. And you're like, fuckers, you're gonna starve. Sorry, bro. Yeah. So. <laughs> So he turns in Warner Herzog. He gets an entire ice cream maker full of Beskar, which is the mythical, magical metal of the Mandos. Right. So the Mandalorian are real into shiny armor. Yeah. It's like part of their religion and culture. Yeah. Is this armor uh, made from? It's kind of stuff? unclear what's religion and what's culture in I mean, the Star Wars universe. That works? Yeah. So they, it's kind of like in, intermelded into. Uh, the same thing. As evangelical but, Americans, I don't think we get to throw that. I'm not throwing any stones. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. And I realize throwing that stone is also a religious <laughs> cultural metaphor. So there we are. Yes. It's complicated, y'all. Um, but anyway, so like part of his either religion or culture, I'm not really sure where it falls in. But um, apparently the the Beskar is like a, a very sacred... Uh, metal Very strong metal as well. That the Mandalorian used to have all the control of. And it's kind of like pandas. Where, like, every panda in the world belongs to China. Like, belongs to the Emperor of China. Even All if the best guy in the world belongs to all the Mandos. The, all the best guy in the world belongs to the Mandos, no matter where it uh, yeah. is now. Right. So, um... He takes his arm. He takes this best guy down to the, the Mandos that live under the ground, in the sewers of... Mm-hmm. Of of Navarro, they're basically the teenage mutant ninja turtles of Navarro. Okay. Uh, they live in the sewers. I assume underneath. they eat pizza. I mean, pizza's fucking delicious. By the way, one of the guys that's in there, that's all in uniform, mm-hmm. is it eating pizza? No, but he oh. is John Favreau, so it doesn't seem that out of character. <laughs> okay. So, um. But anyway, so they make him a nice shiny set of armor. Right, right. So he gets just like a shoulder piece at first. Yeah. And there's extra. And he was like, well, with this extra, um, I wanted to go to the Foundlings. And she was like, that's great. This will sponsor many Foundlings. Right. And that's when we learn about 
foundlings. Which he is. Which he is. So foundlings are are uh, children that are found in the midst of war because Mandalorians are fucking mercenaries. Yep. And so, like, occasionally, instead of murdering these children, <laughs> they'll just take them into their cult. I mean, I would like to argue that definition is inaccurate, but it's 110% So that's accurate. your choice. That's your choice. When you're found by a Mandalorian, like, 50-50, they will just fucking murder you, or they will bring you into their very strict cult. So we find out that Mando, so he was picked up during the Clone Wars. Yes. Uh, and it's because clone, like, the droid troopers from the Clone Wars. Remember, mm-hmm. there were there were the droids and the clones. The clones are the good guys. Are they? At that point. Okay. Uh, and the clones rescued him from the droids that had destroyed his family. Mm-hmm. And when did the Mandalorians come in? When did the Mandalorians come in? The Mandalorians yeah. come in... Uh, they were working with the clones and oh. the Jedi. Oh, so Mandalorians and Jedi were like... Cool for a hot second. For a hot second, they, they had, like they like made a collab. They and, hated the drone, droids, <laughs> and then they, and then they split ways. Yeah, exactly. They're like the wild or the, mm-hmm. the uh, wild thornberries of. Interesting. Is that right? I don't know what you're talking about. Is that the super group with like? I don't know. Anyway, anyway. So, um, but yeah, immediately after he gets his armor all together, like. Mm-hmm. Well, he gets a shoulder pad in the first episode. Yeah, for maybe for, second episode. For Horatio Sands. He oh, uses the okay. money from Horatio to get his first... He brings up a whole fucking bucket of Beskar. Mm-hmm. Um, and does that. He gives that over. And, like, everybody in the room, like, loses their shit. It's like, where the fuck did you get this? And he's, and he's like, it's like, none of your business, bitches. I did a job, and this is what they paid me in. And they're like, whoever had this needs to die. And they're like, yeah, we know. He's like, uh, you know, I don't really like this guy because he obviously stole that much Beskar from mm-hmm. the Mandalorians. But I'm going to need to look real pimp before I go kill him. Right. And so, yeah, so the armorer makes him a full set. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, anything that's left over goes to the foundlings. Like, let use that for them. And she's like, that's a very noble job. Cool. And so he gets ready to leave. And this is where he, like, has his whole second thoughts and is like, fuck, I gotta go rescue that baby. I don't right. know what the hell they're doing. He didn't right. end his life. So he breaks... And he's militantly cute. Like, militantly perhaps cute. I can weaponize his cuteness against yeah. other enemies in the galaxy. And so this is where he goes back and lays out all the troops. Mm-hmm. Like, he just goes in and spanks the stormtroopers there, steals the baby and escapes Mm -hmm. but as he's escaping like more reinforcements come in Mm -hmm. and everybody's just like no you can't leave with this baby we need it right it's our baby uh all the apparently every single bounty hunter had a chit for this baby Mm -hmm. and they all get activated i mean and it's basically like get me that baby we'll pay you whatever you want right and so it's it's like a rugby scrum yeah it's a it's a lot it's It's a a lot lot of stuff going after this and so the Mandalorians that are hiding in the sewers bust up, take everybody out. Right, but then the Mandalorians have to like go hide yeah. again somewhere. They have to find a new hiding else. spot. Like they have to go to a different fucking galaxy. I mean, yeah, or planet. pretty much. Do their helmets have like a space helmet where they can like yeah, yeah. breathe oxygen? Yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's all fine. 
I was like, because I, I don't, I don't see that. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I don't know how they get out of the. I don't and, see the bubble. Yeah, well, I mean, it closes, on their heads. It's, it's not a bubble. It closes around their. It's a whole. Thing. I mean, like. You don't it, see skin. It do, it doesn't it doesn't seem airtight at all. It doesn't it doesn't seem it's like magic. it can handle the pressure of space. It's magic. Like that shit would be outgassing all over the place. <laughs> Maybe. You don't know that. That's fine. But I mean, if nothing else, they can catch a ride somewhere. But they uh, they sure. have to they have to abandon ship. Mm-hmm. Uh but Mando managed to get back to his ship, get off the planet, mm-hmm. get the baby, get with the baby. And that's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're looking for a place to hide, and they go to this, like, really crappy little village. Right. It's like a fishing village. It's like a little fishing farming village. It's mm-hmm. cute. It is um, cute. It's... So, they almost have, like, rice patties around. Yeah, but they're, like, fishy rice patties. Yeah, it's complicated, but at the same time, it ha- has enough of that, like, Japanese rice patty village. Yeah, or, like, Laos or Cambodia. Yeah, that I, I think we're really pulling the Japanese, like, mm-hmm. samurai film. Vibe. Yeah, he meets up with Cara Dune. Right. Or as our daughter... Bicep, biceps of steel. <laughs> yeah, the girl with the arms. That's what our daughter calls her. It's true. Her. She, is the, she is the girl with the arms. Yeah, because she's always, like, she's always got, like, a tank I, top on yeah, and, like, I'm her sure, arms firmly in the frame. I'm sure that was a very, like, strategic choice Yeah. by the costumer. One is, like, if... You, if we get you in like a blouse or a long sleeve slurt, like we're going to have to custom fit it because like your proportions are off the chain. Like yeah. truly, you are a magnificent like specimen yes. of the human form, and like I can't. It's too much work. Yeah. <laughs> so how about how would you feel about like showing off your arms? And she's <laughs> like, I mean, I'm real fucking hot. Like. Yeah. Do what you want. <laughs> I'm not saying my arms are one of my top five features, but they very much I mean, are. They, they probably are. But like, yeah. I feel like this is that moment where, um, uh, in what Avengers was it? Um, or, no, it was Agents of Shield. Uh huh. Um, and Robin Scherbatsky was there, also known as um, uh, Colby Smolders. Colby Smolders is there. Uh, and someone says, have you met Thor? And she's like, yeah. She's like, do you really think he's a god? And her only response is, you haven't seen his arms. Have you been in the same room as his arms? Have you seen his arms? <laughs> like, I feel like that's the thing about, like, Gina Carano in this. It's like, <laughs> like, as soon as you see her, like, physically, and the first time you meet her, she's fighting some dude. Oh, yeah. Kicking like, serious ass. Kicking serious ass basically for a barge bet. Right. She just drinks like, on this. Just like whatever. Like, I'm like just, I bet I'm you just two here. shots I can take him. Right. Yeah. People are like, you're on. And she was like, sweet. I get to beat up a guy and I get free liquor. Like, yes. Yes, sign me up. <laughs> uh, she's got a, she's got a teardrop tattoo that is a rebel um, Yes, a rebel insignia. Tear, a rebel insignia teardrop tattoo. Uh, and she is just fierce as hell. Right, right. And like very I, badass. I feel like this is one of the few times where you kind of meet a character and you're just like, I know like ninety percent of her story. Right. Like I um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, like, I don't need her to surprise me. I but I also want her in every scene. Yes. Like, does that make sense where I'm not like, oh, she's so intriguing, she's such an enigma. I'm like, no. I feel like I know exactly who she is and what she stands for, but also I need more. Yeah, like She's got a problem. She's like, can I punch it? 
No, it's too far away. Can I shoot it? Yes. Like, those are her options, and mm-hmm. she's going to use them. And, like, everybody else in the scene is basically, like, down. <laughs> so it's very, like, it's very okay. like the brute force. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, part of it is that we've seen Mandalorian, the Mandalorian be really brutal. And mm-hmm. now he's got someone in his corner that can be way more brutal. Oh, yeah. Way out brutaling him. And he's just like, all right, fine. I got to flex my other muscles to mm-hmm. be on this team with her. Right. So, like, I have to pivot and be more of the strategic, the right. nuance, which this episode, the negotiator. Yeah, which this episode is all what that is, because there's the bad guys outside this little peaceful village that come in and raid it and take, take shit and stuff, um, and then leave. And you never really get to know their whole motive, other than just they're the bad guys outside the village that come right. in and raid shit and leave. Which is a 100% Western thing. That's like, that's... Right, there's not a lot of nuance. That's the Magnificent Seven. There's not a lot of nuance in Westerns. We've just got two. But like, that's like, (laughs) that's what that is. Like, there's, it's a samurai film, you know, Mm -hmm. like, it's everything where this like isolated group against the bad guys and the two outsiders come in and help them be more Mm -hmm. than they've ever been and put up a resistance and and stop the forces of evil. Right. And then they leave. And then, yeah. And then the without, bad guys just move on to another target. Without establishing any kind of government or long-term protective plan. Just like, we're great, right? Bye. Well, the whole thing is like, you you just make yourself enough of an annoying target that the town down the street is like, a weaker right, one. Right off into the sunset. And so, like, the town down the street is now where they're going to get the brunt of these guys' um, focus because... Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're an easier target. So, yeah, not my problem anymore. It doesn't anymore. really solve the problem. No. Uh, but this is one of the first times where you kind of really get into the whole mythos of, like, the Mandalorian can't take off his helmet, even if he needs to, even if he wants to, even can, if he meets a really hot village girl that's, like... Can we talk about the helmet? The helmet situation. Okay. So, how does he eat or drink or sleep so he can kind of pick it up enough that he can, like he can look down and kind of pick it up away from his face and feed himself. Right. Does he have to feed himself through a straw? Does no. Does he have no, to like he... have a hamburger, but also it's in smoothie form? Like he always kind of looks away. Like he kind of looks down in a way. So the opening of the mask is away from whoever he's with mm-hmm. and kind of towards his shoulders. So like you would never really for, be able I to mean, see For it. a long time we didn't see him eat with people. Right. Which is a really hard part uh, to be a negotiator because eating and drinking with people in many, many, many cultures, not just our particular culture, but in many cultures, that's a huge way of of gaining like friendship and camaraderie. And trust. And trust is is partaking in a meal with people. Well, and I think that's part of Part of the design is that he's supposed to be this other. He's, he's not. He's not supposed to be a negotiator. No, no. He's supposed to just come in and kick ass. And you're like, sorry, bro. <laughs> well, even if he is a negotiator, it's a negotiator from a position of strength. It's mm-hmm. not a, pres- a negotiator from a position of camaraderie or friendship. Right. It's like, yeah. So just so you know, I'm here to give you one last chance. Right. And be like, sorry, bro. Unless you eat baklava, like I'm not here for it. Yeah. And so, um. He does almost hook up with this hot, like, Also, it'd be girl. real hard to sleep. Like, yeah. it's, it's like a full helmet. I guess you would get used to it, maybe. Ugh. I don't know. Seems It seems real uncomfortable. It seems like it would smell after a while. Yes! How do you do, like, human maintenance inside that thing? Right. 
Right. Like, you have to brush your teeth. You have to wash your hair. Like, you stink. I mean, he doesn't shave because like, Pedro. As, as someone who uh, wears a mask, as, I, yeah. I am newly very aware of my wretched breath. Oh, yeah. Where I'll be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have had, like, wasabi peas right before. Don't put on I, a mask right after Right it. before I put on a mask and went to the grocery store. Like, this was a terrible choice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, like, that, that part of The Mandalorian has to be real interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's strange. It's got to be weird. Mm-hmm. So, but he doesn't hook up with the, the hot girl because he realizes he can never hide with baby yoda and they're never safe as long as they're holding still right so they have to keep them moving yeah and so he hops back in the razor crest and jets out Mm -hmm. the razor crest is falling a fucking apart right i mean he does drive like the equivalent of like a toyota camry like yeah 1990s toyota camry (laughs) yeah it's really not great so he pulls into Tatooine for repairs. Mm-hmm. Because all fucking roads in Star Wars lead to Tatooine. I mean, it has two sons and a cantina and some blue milk. Like, what else do you need? Yeah, so he goes to Tatooine to get some repairs. This is where he meets Amy Sedaris. Amy Sedaris in the world's worst wig. Oh, highly. It's not great. These yeah. people have budget out the ass. Why does she have that wig? <laughs> Why is that necessary? Seems un... Was it like, we need him, Amy, Amy Sedaris, but also, we like... Yeah, I don't know. Was it a... I feel like it was a dare. <laughs> nah, I don't know. It just happened. But anyway, uh, she really likes Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ends up going to a, to the cantina. The cantina. The cantina. And sits I in the booth. I feel like there has to be one more cantina on the whole fucking the whole fucking planet of Tatooine. <laughs> well, I mean, of all of all the gin joints in all the world, world, he had to walk into this one, right? Right. I feel like there's probably like Mosley is like a bustling city mm-hmm. of of you know desert westerny city, but like even des- desert westerny cities had like more than one bar. Yeah, maybe. But there's, still. there's like more than one bar in fucking Dayton. Yeah. Dayton is like some small potatoes. I mean, not compared to Moss Eisley. Moss Eisley ain't nothing. But still. But still. I feel like, two, all, I feel like two bars is not un. I also feel like, you know, there's just a moment where you have to throw a bone to the fans. Right. Right. Like, These fans are so rabid. Yeah. They're like, oh my God, I know that place. Exactly. I've been here before. No, you fucking haven't. <laughs> you haven't been anywhere. You've never been near Tatooine because it doesn't fucking exist. So, I appreciate your nostalgia. I will cash that check. But here we are. So, he meets up with a bounty hunter who's like, listen, dude. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to make my chit. I'm trying to get into the guild, but I got to pull in a bounty first. Mm-hmm. And I got this one. And the bando's just like, oh, well, good fucking luck, chump. Yeah, that one's, that one's interesting. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah. Cut your teeth on that. Let me know how it works out for you. He's like, listen, I'll give you the money. Mm-hmm. You can use the payout the repairs on your ship. As long as help. I get the credit for the for the bounty, and he's like, "Fine, you make a good deal. Mm-hmm. I could use a, you know, I could use." Also, a... my ship is trash. It's There's... like literally on fire in the middle of the desert. There's no guild present here, so I can't like just go get another bounty and hope to like mm-hmm. get lucky, you know. So okay, let's go get her. And so they go out into the desert together, mm-hmm. and they met up, meet up with Fennec. Yes, Fennec. Fennec, who is Ming-Na Wen. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, Mulan. Uh, Yes, who I know from Mulan. (laughs) Yes. 
people know from like the the Legions lo- of Shield. Yes, the, she is she is like an action person. Oh yeah, she does a lot like, of stuff. She has done a shit ton. Yeah, our son recognized her from Agents of Shield mm-hmm. because that's her his right. entry to her world. Right, I like I recognized her from Mulan. <laughs> yes, but uh, and she's the one that's like, hey, listen. Um, I don't know if you know this, but that dude has a bounty back on his ship with Amy Sedaris babysitting. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure you could take Amy Sedaris. Like, just no offense, Amy. Right. But... She has a terrible wig and terrible, like, shooting. Yeah, she's, she, you could probably take her. So, like, that's worth way more than anything you'll get off me. Um, and so they end up... He ends up... She tries to make a deal with him to spare her life, but he ends up shooting her. Like, kind of makes half a deal. Well, we don't know that. No, she definitely lives. Like... Yeah, so she gets shot, and he... And Mando and the other hunter go back. But doesn't he get shot? Well, what happens is that he... The other bounty hunter tries to steal Baby Yoda. Oh, and he was like, no fuck. No. And, like, it's really funny, because, like, there's this whole scene where he's got... Like, the bounty hunter is just, like, trying to talk... You know, he's he's talking to Amy Sedaris and, like, threatening her. And, like, Mando's not necessarily there. Mm-hmm. And Mando just kind of walks in and looks at him and, like, sizes up the situation. Realizes, like, he's got the baby. He's got Amy Sedaris. And as, as the dude starts monologuing, Mando just blasts him. She's like, boom, boom. And just and drops him. Bullshit. Like, and you're just like, oh. I have places to that be. That was great. And then he and Baby Yoda take off, pay their tab to Amy Sedaris and take off. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, back in the desert, you see like somebody walk up the Fennec. Also, tumbleweeds. And well, I mean, no tumbleweeds because it's <laughs> Tatooine. They don't have tumbleweeds. I feel like t- Tatooine could have tumbleweeds. They could, but they don't. Yeah, they should. It's a loss. You should look into that, Dave Filoni. So, um, so Mando gets a fixed ship and takes off for the next adventure. Mm-hmm. It's called The Prisoner. Okay. This is where he meets Space Boston. Oh, Space Boston! <laughs> this is the one I feel is a fucking dare. I fucking love Space Boston. <laughs> seriously, seriously. So Bill Burr is, first off, he's a national treasure. Is he from actual Boston? He's from actual Boston. Okay. He's a South. Truly that man cannot, like, not speak like a Bostonian yeah. at all. Like, there's zero actor training. Like, he, I mean, I'm sure he had, he's had training, but like, he no, speaks exactly sure. like everyone I've ever met from Boston. Yeah. He, uh, he's a stand up comedian. To a hundred. <laughs> so he's a stand up comedian. And to, like, stand up comedian credit, like, a lot of times they develop, like, a stage persona and right, a personality right. that is their character. Aside from, you know, who they may be in real life. Right. It's like... They're extra, whoever yeah, they are. Turn like, to 11. Yeah, it's where it's like, well, I am from Boston, but, like, now I'm extra from Boston. That is my defining personality trait. Right. And he does this great, like, just Boston thing. And so he also, at one point, was... He has a whole stand-up routine mm-hmm. from years gone by where he just dogs on, on uh, Star, Wars? Star Wars and Star yes. Wars fans <laughs> and just makes fun of it and, like, just says all these things that would drive Star Wars fans nuts. And I he mean, just, it's probably all true. It, it is. And he he he's like, no, like, legit, I, I hate Star Wars. Like, it is the dumbest pile of shit ever. Like, why would you, why would you invest so much emotional energy into this bullshit? I mean, I feel that way about sports teams. Yeah. 
And he's like... So, like, there's lots of dumb shit to yeah. put your emotional energy in, and who am I to judge? Like, I feel like it's equally dumb. Yeah. It's equally dumb to be like, I'm gonna literally fucking cry about something that happens in a comic book. Or I'm gonna literally fucking cry about something that happens in a sp- professional sports team that I'm not part of. Yeah. So, like, I but feel it, like yeah. it's all same-same. Yeah, but, like... Again, as a stand-up comedian, mm-hmm. you kind of pull that thread, and you're like, no, there's there's a joke here. Right. And then there's, like, several jokes here that all kind of come in out of that line, mm-hmm. and you can do this whole thing. And then you feel really good about yourself till John Favreau calls you and is like, hey, I got a gig. It pays real money. Right. And I you're will, like, all I right. I a lot of money. And you're like, I love money. And then you show up <laughs> on the day, and he's like, by the way, you're in Star Wars now. And you're like, Did he Fuck. trick him? <laughs> like, Did he no. trick him into being in Star Wars? That would be great. No, he didn't really trick him, but he definitely, um, like, he was like, listen, <laughs> I got this gig, and you, you could be in it. And he's like, all right. And he's like, and it's Star Wars. He's like, Fuck. <laughs> Bastard. And he's like, this is a lot of money. He's like, and he's like, I know. I know, right? Take the money. Take the money. And he's like, fuck, I love money. Money's great. But then he does admit, like, later he came in. He was like, this is fine. It like, seems fun. It, it seems, seems fun. Yeah. Uh, also, in this troop of, like, miscreants that are going to do this mm-hmm. job. Yes. You've got Clancy Brown. Okay. Um, who is, he's the chief guard in the Shawshank Redemption. Yes, okay. Like, that's what he looks like without the makeup. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, he's he's a legit actor. Like, right. he's done legit shit. Like... I honestly, like, half of these people have gone to Juilliard. Yeah. And it's kind of bonkers. And you're like, oh, I mean, you know, I guess this is what Juilliard prepared me for. Yeah, and there's, like, <laughs> um, there's a Twi'lek girl, the girl with the two tails that come mm-hmm. off. Um, she's blue. Yes. She's kind of purpley. Kind of a purpley blue. Blue, yeah. Yeah, and you recognize her? I mean, I recognize her species. Okay. I don't recognize her personally because she's covered in two tails and a makeup. Yeah. Um, it's Tonks. Oh, okay. It's Tonks under all that, who is also a legit I mean, I've I've never seen her real face. (laughs) Uh, Tonks is pretty straight up. I mean, I mean, sometimes, but sometimes she has like a pig face and like crazy hair and like yeah she's always being crazy yeah she was also in game of thrones but you didn't see her i did that. not watch game of thrones because i'm not i'm not here for the sausage fest that is game of thrones like thanks no thanks okay it's not it's not my particular vibe that's fine so i didn't really i like watch like the first little bit and i was like yeah and you didn't like game of thrones you didn't get into it no well also okay so i got hbo whatever max go mm-hmm. whatever like after the last season of Game of Thrones, oh, where everyone was hate, like, "Stop, stop watching it, stop watching it in season six. <laughs> the hate was so hard. I was just like, "It's gonna be better for me to just not." Like, I'm just not. I'm not. I definitely do that. Where I'm yeah. like, I'm gonna let the internet decide if I watch this show. Yeah. And you're like, you know, skip, skip to season three, and then watch from season three to season like six, and then stop. And you're like, okay, we'll yeah. do. Well, and like. I know so many people that have watched, like, seasons one through seven of The Office mm-hmm. until Jim and Pam's wedding. Yes. And then they stop and, and they start over again. Yeah, and then I stop. And then I know people that watch, like, all the Parks and Rec and get to the end and back up and start and go to the end again. <laughs> and you're like, that's a good sign. Yeah. I mean, I do know people who started, like, season three. Yeah, I know They're some like, of those. I only watch when, like, Chris Trigger shows up. Yeah. <laughs> Ben and Chris show up. And ben, like, I'm okay, in. Okay, yeah. Then, then that's where that show really took off. 
I'm like, okay, cool. I see that. Like people watch community people mm-hmm. watch, you know, there are certain shows like that. And then people are just like, yeah. So like first season of game of Thrones is pretty good. And then like second season, you're kind of like, I don't really know where this is going. And then the third season, you're like, I kind of get it. And there's a couple highlights. There's like one really good episode in the fourth season. And you're like, wait, what? Right. There's like 16 episodes in the fourth season. And you're telling me there's one that's good. Oh, that's a lot of homework. Yeah, like I'm not here for that that like fun to weight ratio. No, no, I'm not. So, like, thank you. Next, I have a busy, productive life, and I need I need bangers. (laughs) I need bangers in my entertainment. (laughs) But this is uh, but all that to say, uh, she's in this movie, Mm -hmm. and this one is. A weird one because in the Western tradition there are two steady uh, set pieces. Yes, one is the prison break. Yes, and one is the train robbery. Train heist. And this is a prison break train heist. Prison break train heist. It's a prison train heist. Yeah, and so they've got to get this team together. They got to drop in, steal, or break this guy out of this right. tra- steal prisoner prisoners. transport. <laughs> And get out. And it's just such this great, you know, when you deconstruct it into what it is, it's such a great Even little... like shot for shot, it is. It's it a is Western. A, yeah, it is a real homage to Western, but it's in a fun way. Because like, I'm not very familiar with Westerns. Like, I never grew up West- watching Westerns. I think I watched one Western when not even me, but my friend took Humanities and was like, I want, I want you to watch this movie with me. And I was like, oh my oh, god, this oh. is so fucking boring. I was like, I want to gouge my eyes out. I don't care. Yeah. So, uh, but they have to they have to get Tonks' brother out of the prison transport. Mm-hmm. Who which, is Bill? Which is, no. No? Bill's not her brother. Oh, who's her brother? He's human. Uh, he's just a whole nother twilight okay. character that mm-hmm. only kind of comes in at the end. Right, okay. Um, but Mando basically screws, like, the whole team is... Mm-hmm. Turns out homicidal maniacs. I mean, but also... They're kind of murder hobos. Yeah, he kind of threw in with the murder hobos, so I don't know what he was expecting. I don't either. Uh, at least a little restraint, I think, he was looking for. <laughs> I mean, I feel like he was also not surprised but, by their inevitable betrayal. Yeah, but also, like, they're going to set off the alerts that cause everybody to come look for him. And he's mm-hmm. like, I don't need this kind of heat. Right, I'm not here So for this. he ended up basically locking half the team in jail cells. Right, and murdering the other half. Well, just leaving a tracker on the space station where the other half are living, mm-hmm. which allows... Um, the the Rebel Alliance to come out in X-Wings and blow the shit out of that space station. Yes. Uh, because they're harboring fugitives or something. And Mando gets away and covers his tracks. Yes. Bill Burr being one of the people that he leaves in the... Right, but he survives. Yeah, Space Somehow. Boston. Space Boston. He's scrappy. Boston strong. Yeah. So the the next episode is the one where Carl Weathers is like, hey, we got a bit of a trooper problem here in Navarro. Yes. And you need to come back and kick some ass for me because this is all your fucking fault, you right. psycho. Because you didn't turn in the, like, chit you needed to turn in. <laughs> yeah. So can you <laughs> And just... now, now I have a lot of heat on my ass. Yeah. So can you come up and clean up your fucking mess? Right. Also, where are all the Mandalorians that were in the sewers? Because they'd be they, really handy they dis- right now. They dispersed. Again, that's Mando's after, fault. After they pushed up to defend Mando, then they had to find, like, a different... 
city. Right. Probably in, on a different planet. Right. To live under. So this is where Mando comes back to Navarro. He meets up with Carl Weathers and he's like, shit, dude, just take care of it. So mm-hmm. Mando goes down in the sewers and is like, hey, um, where is everybody? And like the armor maker lady's there. I find it very weird that she stayed uh, by herself. Yeah, me too. Uh, I never really when, got that. When everyone else left. Like, how did... I assume she never leaves the sewers. Yep. So, like, how does she eat and shit? Yeah, I don't know. Like... Unclear. Well, she's also... She's got, like, a forge, so maybe she's, like, a part-time blacksmith. Yeah. Yeah. Where like, she take, does she take off the helmet, though, and, like... Go upstairs. Go and upstairs. Like, and, shit and, like, yeah, prepare per- plows, and then go downstairs. Right. And, like, pour drinks and shit, and then, like, come downstairs and make armor for maybe the one Mandalorian who comes back. Like, this seems like a very poor business plan. It does. But she's still there. Oh, also, on his way back to Navarro, he manages to pick up... Uh, Cara Dune mm-hmm. at the village. Then he swings by um, the one planet and he picks up Nick Nolte as the Unganaut. Right, which, like, I thought he died. Like, I completely forgot about him yeah, by the time we just, got to this point. I was like, oh, he's, he's still, still alive. I guess so. Cool. But whatever. not only that, but, like, this guy went to the, like, temple place that they mm-hmm. had where... Uh, where they stole Baby Yoda from? And he restored IG-88. Tiki Watiki. Guys, IG-88 was, like, in fucking pieces. I'm sorry, IG-11. IG-88 is a different IG. Whatever. Sorry, but IG-11. So, whatever this IG... He just had a bullet hole through his head. Okay. TQ-ITD had a bullet flow through his head, and Nick Nolte, like, found him... Yeah. ...and, like, pulled up all the scraps and had him... Rebuild. Rebuild. But as... Nursed him back to hell. But as a, like, protective droid. Like, as a nursemaid droid, essentially. Yeah. Instead of... A hunter droid. Right. And so this is it was the team. A, it was a real simple rewiring. Yeah. This is the team that's going to go defend Navarro. Mm-hmm. Why does Navarro need defending? Because they're full of They're getting troops. heat from the, like, fake empire. Yeah. So this team rolls in. Uh, Nick Nolte's character is going to hang out with Baby Yoda while everybody else goes kick ass. Mm-hmm. And turns out... Uh, that's not a great plan because stormtroopers basically just roll up right. and Nick steal Nick Nolte's like, hey, I had this baby. And uh, stormtrooper's like, cool, I'm going to take him now. And yeah. Nick Nolte's like, okay. Um, meanwhile, he might die. I don't remember. He does die. He gets okay. killed in that process. Single tier. Single tier. Um, but also, you don't have to like pay him for the next season. Right. And then uh, there's like a big shootout at the OK Corral mm-hmm. with... With Carl with Weathers, Mandalorian, Mandalorian and Kara, Kara and, and Kara, Yeah. And as they're kind of holding their own, mm-hmm. a fucking TIE fighter lands in the town square. Right. Like, it's not even a real big t- town square. Like, like it's, it's a good not. Piloting. It's not spacious enough for a TIE fighter <laughs> to just, like, drop. They have to, like, fold in all the wings and, like, get real narrow. Yeah. And when it drops in... Fucking Giancarlo Esposito pops out the top of this. Okay. And he is an exercise in menacing restraint. Also, like, so much chewing the scenery. Oh. Like, upstaging every goddamn thing in any scene 
ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, he just walks in, and you're like, I'm going to watch him. There's a fucking TIE fighter, like, five feet away, and I'm like, yeah, forget that. That's, right. that's like, not it's my focus. Just, it's just very in control. There's a dude with a flamethrower at some point. Of every, and it's just where you learn that he has the... Uh, the dark saber? Well, not yet. You, okay. You just know he's Moff Gideon, is what they call Moff him. Moff Gideon. And Moff is like. Okay, so I don't know what any of the Star Wars words name so shenanigans mean. In the military side of you know the the Imperial Navy is basically. What was the lady who was named Moth? Moth. Yeah, wasn't there a lady named Moth? Maz Katana. Maz. I don't know. Maz was the big-eyed lady from... No, 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 no. The lady who uh, was in the movie in the 70s and then was like, they found some kind of, like... Spot-on look-alike? Spot-on look-alike for her. Oh, uh, Wasn't her name Moth? No. No? I'm trying... I know the red-haired lady in the white dress. Yeah, with the short, with the, like, real spot-on pixie and the cheekbones for days... <laughs> Oh, uh, she made quite an impression on you, I would right? say. Right, and then, like, a Grecian gown. She was real cute. Yeah, who is that? I, I thought remember. her name was Moth. Maybe, maybe. But we're talking about Moth. With oh, M-O-F-F? Yeah. A Moth is, like, a um, general or, like, an admiral in the, the Navy. In the Navy in both the Imperial and the Rebel sides. Well, just the Imperials. The Rebels don't have that kind of thing. And so there's moths, and then there's grand moths, like Grand Moff Tarkin, who is like over an entire, like, you know, big chunk. He's like a Joint Chief of Staff, basically, or like the Secretary of the Navy for, mm-hmm. um, for them. So, like, a moth is a really high ranking official that would have mm-hmm. multiple ships. He's like an, he's an Admiral Plus Plus. Okay. And, yeah, and so Moff Gideon, as a Moff, you're like, ooh, he's 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 a force. Like he's got backup, and for him to drop in personally is a big deal, right? And um, so he's there, and that's kind of like the end of that episode is like him arriving and just being like, oh, it's on like Donkey Kong, like he's there, like that's his whole thing. Uh, also, Giancarlo Esposito has been in a lot of shit. Like, he's just all over the place from, like, all kinds of, like, 90s movies on. Yeah. I mean, I definitely recognized him, but not necessarily from a particular place. Yeah. He's, yeah, I, I can't really name something offhand, but I've seen him, like, in, like, a group of people who I would not want to trifle with. Mon Mothma. That's, she just showed me your phone. Mon mm-hmm. Mothma is the one... With yeah. the short hair. Yeah, Mon Mothma. Exactly. Thank it's, you. It's Moth something You're close. You're close. I'll give it I mean, to you. you know. You're in there. Um, which, But his arrival just sets up the final episode, which mm-hmm. is... Epic battle! Epic battle, you would think. By the way, in this scene, there's a shit ton of stormtroopers, all right? So many! So, uh, they had a problem. For the fall of the Empire, so many. So many. Well, they had a problem logistically just in this episode, and I, mm-hmm. this is my favorite story in Star Wars in the last, like, however long. In the making of Star Wars. In the making of Star Wars. Um, so, the, the prop shop was making all the Stormtroopers outfits they could. Mm-hmm. And... They basically just kind of looked at each other and were like, we need more. We can make seven. Like. (laughs) 
and the doctor's like, but we need like a hundred. And he's like, yeah, but you get seven. Yeah. So they're in <laughs> California, you know, they're in San Francisco, basically mm-hmm. outside that. And they just said, let's call the 501st. Mm-hmm. Do you know about the 501st? Uh, I mean, they are a group of people who make their own Star Warsy shenanigans. Yep. And they do a lot of, like, charity, like, children's parades, hospital child- parades. Like, yeah, yeah. They are not, like, even a non-profit organization because they're not even... Like they're not a, even an organization. They're not really. even an organization. <laughs> it's they just are, like a, actually. I mean, but, it, but it's all, like, volunteers. Like, they yeah. don't have... Uh, they they don't need to be non for profit because they don't ever collect. Yeah. Uh, they don't get funds. money. They don't yeah. do anything. They're all they're all volunteers. They're all volunteers. And so what they decided was they just kind of looked at each other and were like, let's just call the five of first. Let's you know, mm-hmm. let's tell them we can't really give them details, but we need you guys to do something for us. And if you come. Your like what you come in will become official. No, 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 no. Oh, they didn't even tell them that. They didn't even tell them that because what they do is they just they basically called the guys that organized the th- guys mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, we got a, a we got a big thing. Right. We need to show up. We need as many as possible, and we need your class A guys, like right. not the guys you know, because there's different levels. You mm-hmm. know, there's like the guys that look good from like fifty feet away. There's right. the guys that look good." right up on top and you right. can like take a micrometer and measure the depth of their plate mm-hmm. and it's perfect well i mean but there is some variation in yeah. stormtrooper right like official stormtrooper right stuff right and so like and this is after the fall of the empire so it's okay for there to be kind of a little right. bit of a scrounging it would, it would make a little sense bit where of you're a... like oh my shoulders like thing busted out so i have like one shoulder that's a little bigger than the other shoulder because like i'm scrappy yeah I... like i'm a size 12 but right. they didn't have any size 12 shoulder pads so right. i got I... a size 10 on my left and a size 12 on my right, right. i cannibalized from whatever i could yeah exactly but these guys show up and they're they look legit mm-hmm and then basically John Favreau comes around the corner and is like, hey guys, and they're they're thinking they're there for like a mall opening or like a promo shot. <laughs> right. Or like some, maybe some a hospital of, thing. Right, at right. Best. Some kind of like real schmaltzy, like Yeah. Or maybe even like top tier, it's gonna be like some background plate for like a commercial. Right. Look, I just want you to be here for like an opening of yeah. you know, a car dealership. Yeah, well, or, you know, they they knew there was, like, Star Wars things happening that were, mm-hmm. and, and they thought maybe, like, they would just be on, you know, just in the background of something. Right. And they were just like, so you guys are going to be an episode of the show called The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, everything you're wearing is now going to be screen filmed, which, like you were saying earlier, that's, that's like the holy grail of something that was in a Star Wars scene mm-hmm. in an official capacity if you have that prop that is like right now everything you're wearing is not just the costume you made it is now officially prop yeah if you and like they were signing like certificates of authenticity for these guys Mm -hmm. to let them know like they're there taking photos with them like doing all this but the my favorite part of this was they took all the photos themselves Mm -hmm. like all the behind the scenes photos all the stuff that was happening like, they confiscated all the cameras. Right, right. And then took all the photos. Like, we will email you in three months. In three months, we're <laughs> going to email you after this comes out. You'll get your photos. But also, don't say a fucking thing. Oh, yeah. And nobody peeped. I mean, you know, I feel like... You had a good fan base. Like, yes. Like, you, you picked the right people for that, mm-hmm. to do that. 
and like uh, John Favreau and the extra features is like, yeah. So we talked to these guys and like we were like, all right, we need you to run like a stormtrooper, and they would just be like, yeah. And they're like, so stormtroopers like, no, no, we got it. Yeah, I got. You don't need to explain this to me. And so they would run, and he's like, no, that's. Spot it's perfect. On. They know exactly. <laughs> I, have, I have no notes. <laughs> like they would do, they would be like, "We need you to get information like this," and they're like, "Sure." And they like just stand in formation and, and do he it. Was perfect. Like, Fuck! I'm gonna use them for everything. I don't have to tell them how to do anything. And like, it's and Dave, Dave Filoni, who has been in the Star Trek, like or Star, Star Wars. Songs. Oh my gosh, he's gonna so, kill me. I mean, I don't think he listens to this podcast. Also, Probably, I hope not. Also, doesn't fucking care. <laughs> He does. <laughs> he makes a lot of money. I don't. Uh-huh. I don't think he cares about oh our my tiny, gosh. I'm so sorry, tiny Dave. baby podcast. Anyway, he's been in the Star Wars universe for so long. He knows these guys. I mean, in and out, sure. and they know him. Sure. And John Favreau is he part adjacent. of the like five hundred first, or is he? Uh, no. Like, he, how did he? How did he entrench himself into the Star Wars universe? Wars. Okay, but before that, like, how did he get the job? So he, uh, he was, he's just a nerd. Yes, I understand he is a nerd, but there are many nerds in and the world. And he did animation. Okay. And as a nerd and an animator, he got on George Lucas's radar. Mm-hmm. And George Lucas brought him in to be like, hey, can you help run this show mm-hmm. um, called Clone Wars? I don't Clone know why Wars. I have this, like, stupid cartoon that's supposed to be, like, between the one like set of shitty movies I made and the other set of shitty movies I made. Can you make it good? <laughs> well, it's actually two of us. It's between episodes two and three. But anyway, right? Which are two shitty movies? Anyway, he um, and so like George Lucas brought him in, and he just like completely geeked out and knew all the stuff. And George is like, "Yeah, you'll do." Yeah, seems fine. And so he's kind of been. He became like nerd. an internet uh, fanboy super nerd. Oh well, he is. Okay, he is endearingly awkward. He, I see the endearing awkwardness. I just don't understand, like, how nerds around the world are like, I'm going to do X, and how he actually did X. Yeah, I don't know. Does that make sense? Honestly, if you listen to him tell the story of mm-hmm. how he got to be the guy that did Clone Wars, he's not incredibly he's like, sure of the process really either. Know. He's Steve- like, all I know is I got a call from George Lucas, and I thought it was the SpongeBob SquarePants because he was working for Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. You thought it was the SpongeBob SquarePants guys fucking with him, right? And like, those are his words. He's like, I thought they were just messing <laughs> with me, and I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. And sure, then like, they called me great. back, and they're like, no, really, George Lucas wants to meet you. And he's like, sure, whatever, I'll meet him. Okay, fine, like. So, uh, yeah, send me an invite or something and mm-hmm. then it came back from like Lucasfilm and he was like oh shit like I, pro- I probably should get my shit together and so but he um, but he just loved Star Wars he lived Star Wars he loved Star Wars and ended up being mm-hmm. the guy that did Clone Wars which is an impressive awesome run of Star Wars I have never seen Clone Wars but I've heard really good things I've heard that it's like the most watchable part of Star Wars yeah well and it it really has like good relationships which is, which and is a hard uh a, it's a hard line to toe because you had both a beginning point and an end point that you had to hit that you had to hit and you're like and also you have to make all this in the middle interesting well and like you know it's between um episode two and episode three it's episode said. three yeah so it's phantom menace Oof. um and then Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones is two. And then two, Revenge of the Sith. And Revenge of the Sith is three. And so it's between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Which are both like totally unwatchable. I've watched both of them and they fucking suck. Well, and also like 
at the at the end of Attack of the Clones, you've got Anakin Skywalker. Mm-hmm, who's like 12. Well, he's like 16 16. And he's with Obi-Wan Kenobi, and they're like Boy he's Scouts. He's going to be a Jedi. He's going to be a Jedi. He's trying. He's got some angst issues. Like, we're working through that. And then, like, episode three, he is this, like, dark emo kid war veteran that, mm-hmm. like, is just tired of this just shit. Just like a skeleton with bangs. And, like... And then he falls into the dark side in the episode three. And, like, it really doesn't feel earned. Like, no. episode three, his fall does not feel earned. No, not at all. And so Dave Filoni actually backs <laughs> up and gives him a fall. Right. And, get, get, like, builds up all of that. Like, puts the sing- signs in there. Gives him his scars, physical and emotional. Mm-hmm. Like, really pushes this guy from, like, I'm going to be a Jedi to... Like, fuck the Jedi. Let's burn it all down. Yeah. Like, he... You know, he builds that character with nuance and with, like, he's got Ahsoka Tano, who is um, a little Padawan in the first Mm -hmm. episode. And she has her own arc where she's, as he's falling, she's rising and Mm -hmm. seeing what needs to be done. But also, like, his fall is, you know, Anakin's fall is the Jedi can't do this. We might as well, like, I'm, I'm going to go with power. Mm-hmm. And hers is, the Jedi can't do this. We need to reform and go higher. Right. Than we where need we to are. be better. We need to be better. And, you know, there's still hope and faith and goodness in this world that we can use. And, like, you know, when you, when you kind of step back and look at those two. And you're like, like, I can see how both of those people got to the, their conclusions. Even though they're very different conclusions from the same situation. Like, I see yeah. both of their, and their like, paths. And, like, Obi-Wan trying to hold the two of them together as kind of a central point. Going, like, no, tradition is good. Like, we just need to trust the process. And he's wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, he's wrong for both of them. <laughs> he's wrong for both of them for different reasons. Like, and he can't, and he's conflicted. And he's, like, all these characters are struggling with their own decisions and their realizations, mm-hmm. but doing it well. Yeah. And honestly, and well. And people were like, oh my gosh, like... Clone Wars is a great show. This is really a good run. Yeah, I have not. I've not seen it. And so, Yeah. We should put it on our list. It's only like 87 episodes long. I mean, guys, like at this point, I have lived through a pandemic. So anything I have not seen, I'm just not fucking going to see. (laughs) But anyway, all that to say, um, last episode of episode one, and I think... I think we'll or season one. Last mm-hmm. episode, we'll we'll do season two next week. Okay. <laughs> because we're like an hour into the shit. Like we got we got things. Okay. Um last episode, Moff Gideon's there, IG eighty eight, Mando's hurt. Yes. And so the, he has to take off his struggle. mask to get help some For like reason. a second. For like a second. And IG-88 has to be like, listen, you're not allowed to show people your face. But like, I'm but a robot. I'm a robot. And count. you fucking don't count us as people. Mm-hmm. So masks up. Yeah, let me fix you. And so they do that. The rest of the team escapes down a hatch with Baby Yoda now. Mm-hmm. They've retrieved him. Oh, IG-88 retrieved him out and then like drove a speeder at like Mach four through Navarro's the streets of Navarro, like mm-hmm. blasting stormtroopers. <laughs> it was hilarious, and uh, but he gets he gets Yoda there, a uh, baby Yoda there, and so they end up on like a lava boat. Sure, and float out, and it's a great prop. Like it's a it great, looks pretty. It's a great set piece. Yeah, uh, really made good use of that. Like weird. Where the fuck did the lava boat come from? It's underneath the Navarro. 
Navarro's built on lava? It seems... At any point, were there any volcanoes in and around Navarro? Apparently. There were not. <laughs> well, I mean, arguably, if the lava's coming out of the ground, that's a volcano. There's your definition. I know, but, but like, like... It's more like a lava vent, but... Yeah. It's like in Ghostbusters 2, when there's that, like, river of negativity under New York. I'm like, well, that, that explains a lot. Mm-hmm. But... Um, but yeah, they float down this river and like there are stormtroopers at the mouth that are going to like blast them up. Right. And IG-88 goes out there and like blows himself up. And this is like one of the moments where you see. Where you're like, oh, selfless robot. Selfless selfless robot doing what he needs to do. Mm -hmm. And this is one of those moments where. The Mando grows Man- a little bit. Mando starts to be like, I guess some robots, robots are okay. Hashtag not all robots. Hashtag no tall robots. <laughs> I mean, IG is a tall robot, arguably. But they, and so the rest of the team is able to come out with all the stormtroopers dead, which. Sure. sure. I mean, he's. We don't like stormtroopers. He's, he's pretty baller. Yeah, it's a pretty baller move. But then Moff Gideon like swoops down and like a Tie Fighter and is trying to blast him with the dark saber. Well, what happens is Mando uses his jetpack to go up and pull mm-hmm. to land on the Tie Fighter and put a bomb on it and crash the Tie Fighter, mm-hmm. and everybody's like, "Yay, we're saved!" Right, but, but then, then, like in the tag credit scene, this is where you see the lightsaber, the dark saber, the come dark out the saber side. come out the side and make a big like circle, and and then yeah. Moth, whoever Gideon, yeah, Moth Gideon, Moth gets Gideon, out. like, why can't you use the fucking door? Uh, or the glass at the or front. The glass at the front. There's lots of options. I feel for like a type later, but he's like, I gotta, I gotta love. Bad guys in Star Wars have such a flair for the dramatic, which I endorse and appreciate. Uh, exactly. As, as someone who, if you were like, hey, I need a costume for a history project, or I'm doing like a late 80s, early 90s hip hop King Lear, I'm like, your girl. Step into your basement. Right, yeah. Like, Ren Fair, Anything. Like, bring it on. Yeah. So, like, I, I appreciate the flair for the dramatic. The case. And I'm... Yes, I'm here for it. Everything should have capes. Yes. <laughs> so, like, I, I get that. I get that. But yeah. but I also understand that logistically... Just use the fucking door. <laughs> just use the door, bro! Just, like, just the, doors the door. Were, the doors were broken. It wasn't, like, melted together. There was no reason why you had to use this fucking dark saber and make a giant, like, circle. You basically just bust out of a TIE fighter with nothing but anger. <laughs> because then... Because then <laughs> but also, well, the important thing when this was not, I mean, the other important part of this is the fact mm-hmm. that he used the dark saber and you got to see the dark saber. The dark saber. It which, looks just like a lightsaber, except it's dark. Yeah. Except for on the edges where it's Chloe. Yeah. It's, but it's like a artifact of the Clone Wars mm-hmm. and which I of Mandalorians seen. and it's a whole like so big is it, thing. So is it a Mandalorian weapon? Yes. But uh, as kind of like the Elder Wand in Harry Potter, it doesn't You're not matter. Wrong. It doesn't matter where it started. Yeah, uh, who's wielding it right now? Who's wielding it right now is the rightful, whatever. Well, they had to take it from somebody. Wielder, who's it. like you have to defeat people in combat. Like it's very much the Elder Wand. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and so it's but it's in play now, and it's just like that. That was one of those moments where like. 
all the Star Wars Whoa. guys freaked out. Yeah. And you were like, do you know what that is? And I was like, fuck no. <laughs> I don't know what any of this shit is. But like it, yeah. And so, but it, that was like the last scene of this, the, the whole thing mm-hmm. is that like, you've got a pissed off Moff Gideon with a dark saber. Right. And it's just like, we're going to hang for a year on mm-hmm. this. Oh, it was such a ride. Yeah, I gotta say Mandalorian is one of the more watchable Star Wars... Experiences. Experiences for me. Although I do sometimes check my phone a lot during a show. And you don't... Like like you said, some things fly by the screen and you're just like... Right, I'm like, I don't understand. I understand that it, it paused long enough on this person's face or this person's ship for me to know that it's important... But also, it did not register. And I was like, so that was like a full two seconds waste of my time. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I, don't, I didn't re- register. And that's going to have, people. like, next season, that's really going to start. Like, they yeah. really crank up I the feel fan like, service. Like, yeah, I feel like the more fan service something has, the more I'm like, I'm not interested. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't yeah. want to have to do homework Well, and this. even, yeah, I don't, I don't believe in doing homework for entertainment. I don't. No. Like, I don't. I do research for my job, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, 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 don't, I don't do research for any fucking other thing. You don't do like, it for you, entertainment. You right. don't do it for this podcast. No, no, no I don't believe in it. It's not. No. It's not my job. No. <laughs> anyway, but um, but yeah, the Mandalorian was. I mean, it was just such a fun ride. It was fun. It was fun, and it was relatable. One of the things I think. We mentioned this a year ago when we were talking about the Star Wars films in general. Mm -hmm. Star Wars films work best when they're small. Right. And when they're other films. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know know that's your general rule about superhero Superhero films. films, But it applies. But but I feel like it does apply to Star Wars films where it's like, this is a heist film. Like, this is is a war film. This is a buddy cop film. This is a buddy cop film. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like when it's... I, the getting out of scrapes part of Star Wars is my favorite part. Getting yeah. out of stra- scrapes is my number one favorite. And then mumbo jumbo. Yeah. And then the very, very bottom is epic space battle. Yeah. Because epic space battle, even though it is technically uh, very laudable, yeah. is not interesting to me. Well, the hardest thing about big space battles is one simple question, which is why? Why Why do I care about any of these people? Why are, why are we doing it this why way? Why are we doing this way? So, and a, I'll throw back to Rogue One, which we watched not too long ago. I love again. Rogue One! There is an epic space battle at the end of Rogue there One. There is! Um, but... It feels very earned. Yeah, one, it feels very earned, but every so often people jump in and they're like, we need to keep that portal open so we can keep communications with them. And then you see all the ships trying to maneuver to keep the portal open. Oh, well, now we need to, like, stop that ship because it's going to, you know, shoot this guy. And, like, there's somebody kind of in the background going, this is what we're doing. Right. And this is why we're doing Ex- it. And this is how it helps strategy. the story. Yeah. You know, when it's just like, we need to flank them and shoot them. Yeah, but why? Why? why yeah. Why wouldn't you just run away? Why does it help to do that? Mm-hmm. And they do a really good job, and they earn it. This one, there are no epic space battles. No, and that's kind of what I like about like, it. Everyone is on, everything is on planet, for the most part. Or in, like, an 87 Corolla. Like, yes, yeah, shooting the tires out of the 87 Corolla. Yeah, and you're just, everything's just, it works. It's just <laughs> simple, and it it's fine, and it you know, you, you can kind of see it. Like I said, if you describe this as a single dad in the gig economy 
with trying a to make his way with a cute toddler with a really cute toddler that'll do anything cute for toddler. her and you know that he can use to get anybody else to do anything else for him right like all of that just works and you're like oh yeah i can put that on a piece of paper explain it to people mm-hmm. and then at the bottom say but star wars but also space western star wars yeah and you go huh i think okay it works really well but yeah what else we learned from this film other than star wars works the best when it's little yes star wars works the best when it's small baby yoda is like cute in a like weaponizing way oh yeah just so fucking cute uh, Another story, Werner Herzog. <laughs> I do know this story, but I'm going to let you say it. So Werner Herzog, uh, when they were shooting the early scenes with uh, Baby Yoda, mm-hmm. they shot one with Baby Yoda. They would take do one whole set of takes with, with Baby the, Yoda. With the puppet. With the puppet. And then they'd do one whole set of takes without the puppet. So mm-hmm. everybody just had to act a de- dead air. Right, and they're just going to like CG, CG in. and a CG and a puppet later. And Werner Herzog called John Favreau a coward to his face. Right. It's like, if you do not use this puppet, you are a coward and a liar. Like, <laughs> and you don't deserve to direct anything ever again. And Herzog <laughs> refused to do his scenes without the puppet. Right. He's like, no, a puppet or puppet or nothing. Puppet or die. And right. he put his flag down. And John Favreau was like, he was right. The man was, I mean... He's a genius. He's a great actor. He knows what he's doing. Also, he had he had enough uh, like credit to throw around that he could be like, "No, bro, I refuse to do anything without the puppet." Yeah. Like fucking the puppet comes or I don't come. Yeah. And and they're like, "Oh, well, we really committed to you doing this cuz like we're out of evil Germans." And they are uh, a dying breed. Right. I mean, they're they're all in Argentina. They're around. Uh, um, no, even those are kind of fine now. I mean, still around <laughs> I mean, but yes very old very I mean, old sadly we're making our own nazis right, now but, uh, yeah. I mean, there's that uh, made in america <laughs> uh, that doesn't make them better no anyway uh but yes yes uh, but he, he was like no bro like do it you, or don't i know that you need me and also i refuse to work with not this, like, fucking adorable puppet. <laughs> right. And he, he was right. Werner Herzog. Well, and, like, they have, um, in the, like, fishing uh, rice village, they have some uh, Baby Yoda and, like, random kids in the village. Yeah. Uh, Interacting. And they are so cute. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we couldn't have gotten those. Even though these are, like, actor kids who are... Are doing pretty like good. pretty well trained. Like we couldn't have gotten that expressions out of them. Well, with... look back, look no further than episode one mm-hmm. and Jake Lloyd, who played the young Anakin against Jar Jar Binks, who was CG. Who was completely CG. I mean, there was a guy on stage doing it, but like you could tell he wasn't mm-hmm. acting right against right. that character. He seemed very wooden. Yeah. And even when he would be then in a scene without Jar Jar with, like, actual humans, you could tell his acting was a lot better. Mm -hmm. But, like, when he was trying to act against CG Jar Jar, he couldn't quite do it right. Right. Like, guys, CG is not the answer to everything. It's not. And puppets are fucking awesome. Puppets are real cute. I really... We need more puppets in this world. More puppets. There's a move right now to have a Muppets Great Gatsby, because that's in the public (laughs) domain. 
Okay, so... Yeah? I guess Gatsby would be the human, because, like, seeing Kermit in, like, a pool of his own blood, like, is a real... It's a real departure from the franchise. Departure from the franchise, so I guess... (laughs) I guess the human would have to be Gatsby. I guess. I guess. Maybe. But then, like, who would everybody else be? Daisy has to be Piggy. Daisy has to be Piggy. Ovs. Ovs. Uh, who's... Daisy's husband, like Fozzie? Maybe. Kermit? I guess. Where does Kermit fit into this? Is Kermit just like a narrator? I guess. This is, I have a lot of questions. Uh, Gonzo? Janine? I, mean, I feel like Janine would have to be... I mean, the electric man's just going to have to play every party. I feel like... Well, there's only two ladies. Right. So it's Janine <laughs> and, and Miss Piggy. Piggy. So I guess Janine... I mean, honestly, there are only two female right, Muppets. P- so. Period. Uh, so I guess Janine would be the uh, Myrtle, the uh, mistress. But M- Myrtle is described as having, like, quote-unquote, like sensuous surplus flesh which is like a hundred percent not janine's vibe like janine's that is a hundred percent piggy though right but i feel like piggy could not be just like a an ancillary character no. in the great this is there we have a whole There's i have so whole, many issues so many things to talk about in here right um, also i would have to actually fucking read that can book. anybody be just penguins like the whole thing could just be penguins and like wah, wah, and they don't talk i feel like the waiters at like all the parties <laughs> would definitely be the yes, penguins that yes. would happen um yeah i, they're mean, already in I Texas. did read the great gatsby it's but been i was 25 years I, I was fully 16 and i was like the fuck is this this is like some soap opera bullshit that someone was like this is a great book and i was like i mean i don't see it but also, I was 16, and people were like, if you read it again, it's better. And I was like, nope, too late. Sorry. Bye. Not doing homework. <laughs> I don't get paid for this anymore. Bye. Yeah, nobody's grading me. So, yeah, on that note. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't reread the classics. No. I don't tend to either. Nope. But anyway, uh, on that note, uh, I think that's about all I got for today. Yeah. So, please we'll, we'll come in next week. Yeah. Please bear it responsibly. <laughs>